Imagine if you could sit down at your desk in the morning, piping hot coffee in hand, you could pop open your laptop, double click on a document on your desktop that says life plan, so you could check on what's happening this week, this month, or even this year. Well, I wanna help you create that plan. Let's spend five days together making a roadmap for your future so that you can live all the rest of your days on purpose. Yes, you can own the future that's coming your way. The five-day Own Your Future Challenge is absolutely free to join, and I've got a spot with your name on it. Don't let another week, month, year, or even decade pass you by without owning the vision for who you want to become and the impact you want to make while you're alive. This is five free days of learning from incredible world leaders, helping you to uncover who you truly are and leading you to craft a roadmap and set goals aligned with the future meant for you. This is important. Join me and other amazing global leaders and experts to help you own your future starting May 11th. You can join right now for free at jennaschallenge.com. That's jennaschallenge.com for the five-day Own Your Future Challenge. I can't wait to see you there. You're listening to The Gold Digger Podcast, episode number 244. What if one tiny act of kindness could change a life? Today's guest, the founder of Love Everywhere, Ashley Real, built her entire business on that simple question. And she launched it in just 90 minutes a day as a stay-at-home mom with two kids under the age of four. Ashley started to share love with strangers through hidden notes of encouragement, leaving them behind everywhere she went. In 2014, she launched a website and with the help of a team of ambassadors and an enthusiastic social media community, over 21,000 notes have now been distributed globally from here in the United States to as far as the Eiffel Tower, the Taj Mahal, and beyond. This thriving community she cultivated with her limited spare time helped transform her hobby into a business, and she now offers apparel and accessories with messages of kindness, and every item comes with the little notes that started it all to keep the kindness going. I loved Ashley's story from the second I read her pitch in the Gold Digger email inbox, so I am excited to learn more about her with you as we talk about building a business from a hobby and how 90 minutes can take your biggest dream and turn it into a profitable endeavor. Here she is, Ashley Real. You're listening to the Gold Digger Podcast, where we firmly believe that work doesn't have to feel like work. Self-made millionaire and marketing guru Jenna Kutcher will help you redefine what success looks like. It's time to hear from the experts, listen in on honest conversations, and learn the best tips and tricks that helped others pave their own way and craft their dream career. If you're ready to dig in, do the work, and tackle your biggest goals, you're in the right place. Here's your host, educator, photographer, and mac and cheese lover, Jenna Kutcher. Thank you to Skillshare for supporting Gold Digger. Skillshare is offering my listeners a limited time offer of two months of Skillshare for free. To sign up, head to Skillshare.com slash Gold Digger 2. Again, go to Skillshare.com slash Gold Digger 2 to get two months of unlimited access to over 25,000 classes for free. Thanks to LinkedIn for supporting Gold Digger. LinkedIn Jobs makes it easy to get matched with quality candidates who make the most sense for your role. Post a job today at linkedin.com slash golddigger and get $50 off your first job post. 
Ashley, welcome to the show. I love getting to connect with women like you. So first and foremost, just the warmest welcome. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I'm so stoked. This is going to be a blast. Okay, so I was just enamored by your story and who you are and what you started. And so let's just kick this thing off. I want for you to just take a few minutes and walk us through your story, like how you landed in this role of entrepreneur, because something tells me you might not have thought that that title would be one that you held years ago. Never in my entire life. (laughs) I never would have imagined that I would own my own business and be running this kind of a project. I thought I would just grab a nine to five and stay there my whole life because that's kind of what most people in my family did. And so, yeah, I, I think that I'm just really blessed to be in this position and I'm still learning. I definitely don't know much of anything. I learn a lot from actually listening to this show. So thanks for having me. And just to kind of set the bar low for all your listeners, I'm just <laughs> here to kind going. of share what my experience is. <laughs> This is perfect. And this is exactly what this show is. So you are the perfect candidate and you are absolutely qualified. So tell us kind of what you do and how you got started with all of the things that you're currently doing right now. Sure. I can't express enough how much of who I am is what I'm doing. And it it makes perfect sense in hindsight that this project would be something that I, that I'm doing, but to start out like just my childhood was like super rough. And my parents got divorced when I was in my teens and they were terrible to each other. They were kind of manipulative to all of us. And I just was finding that I had a lack of love and kindness in my life. And so I I didn't know it at the time, but I was really searching for what is true love and kindness because the two people that are supposed to love me and my brother the most like were being terrible and putting each other in jail for domestic violence or like my dad broke into our house when I was 12 and I had to call the police on him and like I was home alone. And so all of these like really scary situations in my life kind of sparked this like hope that there was something more out there and something more meaningful. Yeah, I think mostly just kind of went through life looking for authentic love and kindness and decided that's what I wanted to be in the world because if I couldn't find it, I was going to put it out there. And so that's kind of how my business started. It's called Love Everywhere. And we exist to cultivate intentional acts of kindness so that people can see love where they did not before. That's kind of my whole mission in life at this point. It's a huge honor to facilitate such a beautiful community of just golden hearted people that have joined our mission to share love. And I think the coolest thing about how this started was that I was working a nine to five corporate job. I felt very isolated and alone. I worked in fashion design and there was a team of people that I worked with, but overall they were only in it for themselves. And I don't say that in like a mean way. It's just like, that's the industry. Like you're in it to climb the corporate ladder and you'll do what you have to do to like make it to the top. And I wasn't really feeling that I was suited for that kind of an environment. And we had a boss that was throwing his desk phone at us at one point and yelling at us because delivery dates weren't right. And we were meeting for three hours about things that didn't really seem to matter to me. We're talking about that inseam color of your threads on your pants. 
And three hours is a long time to decide between two different shades of orange. And I was just kind of like, what am I doing with my life? This is not what I signed up for. This is not what I thought it would be. And I think that it's okay for some people. And I don't see anything wrong with people who work in that industry. Like it's fine. But for me, it just, it felt like I was kind of wasting like my purpose, I guess. So I started to write myself kind notes and put them on my mirror at home and on my computer desk at work just to kind of help me to get motivated to get up and get to work because it was this place that was sucking the life out of me and I wasn't enjoying being there and it felt purposeless. So I was trying to find the purpose in it. And that's kind of where the note writing started. I slowly just asked some girlfriends in my hometown to join me in this process. And I really found that through doing this project, it was changing the way that I was viewing the world because I was able to put the kindness out there. And then people would write us emails and say that they found their note at the grocery store or at Target or on their car windshield and how it changed their day. And that was really a special time for me to see that like, oh, this actually, this is actually something that matters. And people do care about a simple kindness like this. And so I was still working in fashion because that was really good money and we didn't have a family yet. So I was looking to just continue doing that job and make as much money as I could during that time. And then once we started our family, I had to reevaluate what I wanted to do because that was an industry that works you long hours and makes you travel a lot. And if I wanted to keep doing it, I was going to have to be willing to be away from my family and I just didn't want to to do that. We had a puppy at the time and I was like crying when I'd come home after two weeks away and the dog would be bigger. So I kind of knew like, oh, if I have a little kid, I'm going to feel even worse. So definitely knew that my heart wasn't in it for the long haul, but I was still doing this as a side project. And it was something I was passionate about to leave encouraging notes. And I was giving the cards away for free. By the time we had given away 5,000 cards, I started to realize that my bank account was drained and I was shipping these cards to people who would just ask for them. And I was feeling very passionate about it. And so my husband supported it all the way. But after 5,000 cards, we were like, oh, wait, we're losing so much money here. And I had already left my work in fashion because I had had a, a baby. And she was, I think at that point, she was four. And my son No, she was two. And my son was a baby. He was like six months old. And so my husband's like, oh, we should start selling things. We should really get something to kind of support this thing. And you have a degree in fashion design. You can design your own stuff and you can make it into a business. And that felt like, oh, that was so simple solve, but it would never have occurred to me because I didn't, I never expected this passion to turn into a business. But we did. We launched a product and basically the first one was a little sweet felt pennant that says you are fine and good. And that was a phrase that meant a lot to me because I had had some dark times and that was a phrase that put me like helped put things back into perspective for me and really got me out of bed. And so you are fine and good was the first thing I designed. And we pre-ordered it because I didn't have a lot of capital and I didn't have a lot of knowledge about how to run a business. And I wasn't really looking to take over the world. So it was kind of like, we'll just see how this one thing sells and we'll go from there. And it did really great. 
And we fulfilled our first pre-order and then that funded the next project and then the next and the next. And we had the first year we had like nine new products that we launched and we just tried to do like at least one a month for like 10 months or something. And then I got a little bit burned out on the pre-orders and we just paused for a minute. But that's kind of how the whole thing came to be. It just sort of organically fell in my lap and I'm really glad that it did. It's crazy to hear your story because, I mean, a lot of times I feel like businesses start out of our own personal needs where we're like, either how can I do this better or why does this not exist? Or I know I could use this if I could use it, someone else could. And I I just love how, and I feel like this is where nowadays is that you were looking for true, authentic, like love and happiness, and you couldn't find it or you weren't sure where to look. So you became it. And I wish that more people could do the same because I feel like that is where some of the most beautiful things are born. And you did that, Ash. You really did it. It's crazy. (laughs) It is crazy. (laughs) It is crazy. Okay. So speaking of crazy, you launched your business by spending about 90 minutes a day on it. And What I loved about when you reached out to be on the show and just hearing that is so many people out there are mothers or fathers or they're working nine to fives. And and time is our biggest commodity that we lack, right? Like we just wish we had more hours in the day. So I want to talk through how the heck was it possible for you to launch your business just in 90 minutes a day? Sure. So... I mean, first, it was just a passion. So it was like a couple minutes here and there every day while I was still working corporate. So that part, like, it was fun. It was like a hobby. And I did it on the weekends. And that was easy. Once I had kids, and we decided that it was a business, I was a stay at home mom, first and foremost. And that is I feel like more than a full time job, just because your kids don't stop. And like, if you have a full time job at five or six o'clock, you get to go home and hopefully you're disconnected. But you can't disconnect from your children and you shouldn't want to. So I think that like in between all of the mom things, diaper changes, meal prep and cooking, grocery shopping, all of that, I just kind of learned to work smarter and to use all of those tiny minutes in between to do the little tasks that I had, the 10 minute thing that I knew I could do, the five minute email that I could reply to, Those sorts of things were very easy. And as a nursing mom, I spent a lot of time. That's when our community grew the most because I just was able to be online on Instagram and on Facebook while I was nursing and just connecting with people that way. And I think that really helped as well. So I think learning to like multitask and kind of divvy up your priorities is really important and just time management in general. Obviously, nap times and bedtime or like that's when the hustle happened. And I think a lot of people can probably relate to that. But there are some things that need to be done during business hours. And for those reasons, I would give my kid an iPad and I don't have any shame in that. But I think, you know, it just depends on how much you're willing to try and squeeze in. My own experience, I found that I was constantly thinking about the work that I had to do, even if I wasn't physically doing it, if there was a design that I wanted to do something would come to me in the shower and I would just have to like keep thinking about it until I got out and could quickly write it down and then go in and work on the design later or emails, like things like that. I could think about how I wanted to word things 
as I was cooking. And then I would know when it's, when I sat down, it's time to work. It's not just sitting. And I think sometimes it's hard to get started. You sit down at your computer and you just kind of stare for 20 minutes before (laughs) you warm up to the idea of working. And that's where a lot of time can be wasted, even in normal jobs. Like you can just sit there waiting to get started. And there was something about being able to work things out in my head that kind of eliminated that warming up time. I was just like, get rid of all distractions, turn off the phone, maybe put on something on Netflix that wasn't going to like totally distract me or a a favorite album that I was listening to at the time and then just focus. And that's kind of it. That's so great. And I'm just smiling as you're talking because today is my first official day back from maternity leave. And, you know, I remember people saying, and and for even non-parents out there, this is something that you can learn. But, you know, when Conley falls asleep, I'm like, okay, ready, go. I have 60 minutes. (laughs) What can I get done? And and it does boost your productivity. And I love that because it's like you're spending your non-working hours kind of strategically thinking about what are the three biggest things or the one thing that I can get done that needs to get done that will move the needle the most. And I think that that's huge, no matter what kind of business you're in. Maybe when you're driving to your nine to five, you can think about like, how am I going to approach this day and not kind of do what you said, which so many of us do, where we sit down and we maybe open up a bunch of tabs and wait for the work to come to us (laughs) instead of us showing up to work. And so when you think about it, like 90 minutes or, you know, being a nap time warrior or whatever that looks like, no matter what kind of walk of life you're in right now, it's not a lot of time. And so do you have any tips on like how to prioritize your tasks if you do just have a short window of time where you're able to sit down and hammer things out? Sure. I think for me, it's always been what is the next most immediate thing that needs to be done? I I'm very spontaneous and I tend to not think too far ahead. So whatever's happening next week is not on my radar. It's just what's happening today and tomorrow. And that keeps me from feeling overwhelmed. But it also kind of helps me to keep track of this is what's the most immediate thing. And this is what needs my attention and focus. And so if there's something in particular that I need to address, it's on the list in chronological order. And I just kind of knock them out that way. I think that's super good. So what didn't work for you? Like if you were going to start over, because I mean, this again, didn't start as a business. It just started as kind of a service for the world. But if you were to start over and know that this is going to become a real business, like what would you change? What didn't work for you that you maybe pushed too hard and it just wasn't cutting it? I didn't, like, I never have a lot of strategy around anything. Like I said, I'm spontaneous and I don't think too far ahead. And so I've had some pretty serious failures in a public way that like have really hurt my feelings, at least not anybody else and not even my business, thankfully. But yeah, we tried to launch a Kickstarter a few years ago with this really cool idea where we would travel around the world talking to people about what's something nice that somebody's done for you and just collecting stories of positivity and goodness. And I didn't, I just kind of have always been like, oh, things will just work out. They'll just work out and that's going to be great. But I never expected to feel as vulnerable as I did when I hit the launch button on my Kickstarter campaign. And as soon as I did that, I was like, oh, this is not, this is not how I'm supposed to feel. This is not the right thing. And I spent the next 30 days bawling my eyes out on our bathroom floor. And it was rough. It was like the most raw feeling ever. 
And I learned so much during that time because I think that strategy is like the one thing that I definitely need to work on. I didn't put a lot of strategy behind this campaign. I just kind of assumed that it was a great idea and people would get behind it. And a lot of people did and we came very close to reaching our goal. But as Kickstarter goes, you don't get it if you don't meet the whole entire goal. So we we had to totally end the campaign without receiving the full amount. And it stung. And I thought my life was over. I thought my business was over. And I thought that I would be a laughing stock and that people would think that it was the stupidest thing ever and not be interested in being a part of our community anymore. But what I found was that actually in a couple weeks, no one really remembered or cared. And I think that the most important thing I learned is like not everyone thinks about you as much as you think that they're thinking about you. So that piece is like another big part that I learned and knowing that I need to work on the strategy piece because strategy wasn't my friend at that time. So, I mean, let's dive into that a little bit because I think that a lot of times we have almost a microscope up to our failures, right? Like we could list out, (laughs) if people had time, all of the places that we've fallen short or messed up or made a fool of ourselves. And I think that a lot of times we think that everyone has their microscope up to our failures. But the truth is, is that so many of us are just head down on ourselves and we're so hard on ourselves and we're so focused on ourselves that if we realize that nobody cares about you the way that you care about you and nobody cares about your failures the way that you care about them, I think it would almost free us up to be more willing to make mistakes. So I'm just curious in hindsight, was that truly a failure? Oh, I didn't I didn't think it was a failure even once it failed. I remember sitting and watching the countdown to the very last second of the campaign and I was bawling and my husband being the like just content capture that he is, like he was in my face with a camera like, I'm going to film this moment cuz it's part of your story, but like I remember being like really sad and disappointed, but also thinking like, look at all that we did raise and look at how many people did care. And like, look at what I've now learned about myself. That was a really like, I mean, not to toot my own horn, but that was a brave thing to do to put a project out there and say that you wanted to do this thing and travel the countryside talking to people like that's, that's a vulnerable place to be. And anytime you're being vulnerable, you're being brave. And so I felt like, I did something. I faced my fears. I realized my worst fear, which was a failed Kickstarter campaign at that time. And and I was still alive and I was still standing and my community felt brighter and stronger than it had before. So I think there was so much that was good about that. And now I'm not afraid to make mistakes and I'm not afraid to fall flat on my face because I already did it once and I know I can get back up. I love that. I get this question a lot. My business is growing and I need to hire a team member, but how do I find the right candidate who believes in my business as much as I do? And I've been there and I've used LinkedIn. LinkedIn Jobs makes it easy to get matched with quality candidates who make the most sense for your role. People come to LinkedIn every day to learn and advance their careers, which means when you use it to hire somebody, your matches are based on so much more than just a resume. 
Your LinkedIn jobs matches are based on skills and background, sure, but also interests, activities, and passions. When I needed to hire a manager for Gold Digger, I wanted someone with broadcast and social media experience, but also a passion for storytelling and the discipline to work from home. LinkedIn helped me sort through the hundreds of applicants quickly, and five days later, I made my perfect hire. Post a job today at linkedin.com slash gold digger and get $50 off your first job post. That's linkedin.com slash gold digger. Terms and conditions apply. I get this DM on Instagram all the time. Jenna, which handwriting font did you use on your website? And the secret is it's not a font, it's my own handwriting. And I perfected those hand lettering skills with Skillshare. Skillshare is an online learning community for creators. With more than 25,000 classes in design, business, and more, you'll discover countless ways to fuel your curiosity, creativity, and your career. Take classes in social media marketing, mobile photography, creative writing, illustration, and more. I took a doodling for iPads course and learned how to turn my own handwriting into the brand elements all over over my website and Instagram. Whether you're looking to discover a new passion, start a side hustle, or gain new professional skills, Skillshare is there to keep you learning, thriving, and reaching those goals. Join the millions of students already learning on Skillshare today with a special offer just for my listeners. Get two months of Skillshare for free. Yes, Skillshare is offering Gold Digger listeners two months of unlimited access to over 25,000 classes for free. Sign up at Skillshare.com slash Gold Digger 2. Again, and go to Skillshare.com slash Gold Digger, the number two, to start your two months now. That's Skillshare.com slash Gold Digger two. So let's talk about 90 minutes. When I think about 90 minutes, you know, an hour and a half, it's like The Bachelor nowadays. It's like, what? That's like two hours now. It's a long show. <laughs> so when you think about that amount of time, let's say somebody came up to you and they were like, Ashley, I have a side hustle or I have a passion for something. I don't have a lot of time. Where should I start? What would your advice be for that? I think just doing something to make one step forward every single day. Progress is progress, no matter if it's a slow burn or if it's the fastest thing ever. I, I prefer to have a slow burn because I feel like, number one, it's going to give you a real sense of this is my purpose and this is what I'm meant to be doing and this is what I enjoy doing. And number two, you're just going to see more, I guess, just being a good steward of like what you've got, like the universe or God, whoever gives you this purpose, this mission, what are you going to do with it? And if it comes too quickly, you might squander it. You might not take good care of it. You might not appreciate it as much as you should. And so for me, having this kind of thing that I've been working on for almost 10 years, turn into this beautiful amazing project that is now a business, I'm just kind of like really blown away at from A to B to Z, like here we are. And it feels crazy amazing. And I have way more gratitude than if it had just happened overnight. Mm -hmm. I agree. And I think something that's interesting to point out is that Love Everywhere, it's not just a business, it's a community. And so I'm curious what steps you take every day to continue to grow and cultivate that community. And, and what when we use the phrase community for your business, what does that even look like? Yeah, I actually prefer the phrase community over business just because I feel like it's really, it's more of a community at this point. But I think that mostly the thing that we've done to cultivate such a beautiful community is 
having ambassadors on our team who are bringing to the table the most kind and beautiful words. And we found a few years ago that I was feeling overwhelmed with the idea of coming up with all of this content by myself. I live in Nashville, Tennessee. I'm a mom. I don't get out much. Let's just be honest. I'm at home with my kids. Thankfully, now they're in school. So like I have a little bit more freedom. But truth be known, like I'm mostly just at a coffee shop in town or taking a walk with my dog. Like that's where I go. So the idea of getting our cards out and making it true to our name was really hinged on this involvement with our ambassador team. And what they have been able to do is come in, we send them free cards in exchange for photo content, and they take their photos on the sides of mountains that I've never seen. They've been at the Great Wall of China, the Taj Mahal. These are all really amazing places, but I've never been there. But they take their cards with them and they leave their love behind. And that's just been really cool and exciting on this side of it because it's so much bigger than just me. And it's because of the ambassadors. I think that's so cool. And I know even with the podcast, like we have an amazing community and so many ideas are generated from the community. So much connection is created in it. And I think it's just so encouraging as somebody who's an imperfect leader leading to know like, hey, we've got people in our court who are ready to help us spread this message and get this out into the world. So I I love that that is a piece of your story. So what does your quote business or community look like today? Like, how is it running? What are you excited about? What are you working on? Well, right now we have an amazing partnership with Reebok that we've been working on for over a year. And They're putting 200,000 of our Love Everywhere encouragement cards inside of Reebok Classics sneaker boxes, which is so crazy because five years ago, if you would have asked me, what is your biggest dream for this project? I would have said 100,000 cards is pretty cool. I'd like to do that. But Reebok is helping us double that dream. Basically, in a few months time, they'll all be distributed. And it's going to be crazy awesome just to think about all of the kindness and love being given to other people in the world through these cards and through people's involvement. I'm really excited about that. We have a lot of cool new designs that I've been working on coming through my shop. I've got a cool Enneagram pin because I think the Enneagram is awesome and it's all the rage here in Nashville. Have you heard of it? Yes, we just did an episode all about the Enneagram, which I am obsessed with. What are you? Oh, I'm a two, which is the helper. And you're a three. That makes perfect sense. This is why we're a match made in heaven. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. So yeah, I'm really excited about these pins that we just designed because I'm as a two, like don't typically love talking about myself, but people always ask me like, what's your number? And I got kind of sick of answering it. So I was just like, I think I want a pin that says I'm a two. So people can stop asking. And so I made those for myself and then decided to share them with everyone else. And that's been like the most fun thing to launch recently because so many people are so excited about the Enneagram. Other than that, like my day just, I'm still a mom first, but I, once I get the kids to school, I have six hours and that six hours is like meant for work and I really focus. And then as soon as it's time to pick up the kids, I'm a mom again. I love that. Do you have like a goal for yourself on the amount of notes that you're going to leave every week? Or how does that look like from your initial conception of the project that you were working on to today? Sure. Anytime I open my purse, there's at least 98 cards already in there written and ready to go. So 
I just try to be prepared anytime I can find a sweet little place to hide and I will pop one in. And that's been really fun. It's almost like you feel like you're doing something bad because you're leaving this thing behind. And it's almost like leaving like a little note that says I was here. But like, it's just fun. And so I look for any opportunity that I can to leave cards. I think that's so cool. One of the companies that I partner with is Aerie. And they did something similar where in your dressing rooms, when you're trying on their clothes, you can leave a note for other women that will come behind you. And I just think dressing rooms have always had such a negative connotation for women, or it can be a place where we're reminded of what's not quote perfect on us. And so I just I think that little notes of encouragement and words of encouragement can absolutely change somebody's day. And so that's why I just, I love what you started and what you're doing. So I want to know, what are your top three tips for a person who is listening today who maybe has a hobby or a passion or they see a need in the world and they want to turn that into an actual business? What would you tell them to do? Well, I think number one is just be consistent and keep showing up. There was a moment in my business when I was just starting to dabble with it being like more than a hobby where I had a tiny human and I was not sure that I could handle even feeding our dog and keeping the human alive. It was like, oh, this seems so overwhelming. How am I going to remember to feed the dog and feed the kid? But I made it and it was only because I kept showing up and I took a six month break like when I first had my second child, because it just got a little bit too crazy. And when it was time to come back to it, I hadn't done anything for six months. And I was like, Oh, this is, this is silly. Like I've taken such a long break. People are going to forget about me. They're not going to want to be a part of this. They're going to unfollow as soon as they see my posts, because they're going to think that I'm not really supposed to be doing this or something. And again, it was that thing of, I thought people were thinking about me more than they were. But yeah, I just realized that if I would be consistent and show up every single day to post what I was doing, here's a card that I wrote today, here's where I left it, doing that every single day really made all of the difference because other people started to see it and be encouraged by it. And then they were tagging their friends. And then once we had built up a solid community, I was able to bring my product in and say, oh, here's this thing that I just designed. And I think it'd be great and encourage you and here it is. I'm serving you with this thing. And I think serving the community first and then bringing them something that can also make their life better is really where it's at. So, and that wouldn't have been discovered without the consistency piece, because I, if I'm not showing up every day, then I'm not, not really passionate about it. And the second thing I would say is be patient. I think Casey Musgrave says it best. You have to be okay with a slow burn. Like you just have to, because you're not always going to be an overnight success. And if you're expecting that, if you're expecting to go viral tomorrow, like that's going to be a huge letdown. And I don't know if that's really what you should be aiming for anyways. You should be looking for really how you can make someone's life better. Even if you're selling socks, like how are those socks going to make somebody's life better? And the third thing I'd say would be progress, not perfection, because you can sabotage yourself if you're focused on everything being perfect. And sometimes good enough is really good enough. And my perfectionist heart had a really hard time understanding that. But what I realized is that thing that's bothering me, the placement of the letter R in a design, 
is not that big of a deal to somebody else who's buying it. It's only because I made the thing that I'm being so critical on it. And usually we're our own worst critics. So of course, we're going to tear everything down and we need to stop doing that. Just in general in life, we all need to stop hating on ourselves so much because good enough is good enough and we are all good enough. I love that. I always laugh when somebody like will send me a typo or an error or something like that because I am the queen of imperfection. I do not ever pretend like I have it all together. And I always teach people like done is better than perfect. And those aren't my own words. Mm -hmm. Someone brilliant said that. And I would rather have something be out there and just be out in the world and a resource to others and have it be, you know, having a typo or an error or something than to just withhold it until it was ready. Because I feel like, I mean, we're never ready, right? Like, ever. (laughs) (laughs) Totally. You think you're ready when you're totally not ready. Can you share the story about what your daughter gave you before this interview? Because it just makes my heart smile. Oh, yes. I'm such a nerd about your show. And she's heard me listening to it. And she's the sweetest little thing. And she comes to all of my pop up shops with me and she sells her own little things that I've kind of helped her make and she's done really well. She sometimes makes more money than me. <laughs> anyway, like she knows about business and she's a good sales lady and she just knew that I was very nervous to speak to you today and so she gave me this little rock. It's a worry rock that I gave to her for a test at school and I said to her, "You rub it when you feel nervous." And so when she gave it to me today, she said, "Rub it when you feel nervous." <laughs> and so I've been holding this rock. I <laughs> love that. And I just think, I mean, especially, you know, navigating this new chapter for us, it just everything feels heavier in a beautiful way. Like what is impactful? What will make a difference? And I felt all of that before. Absolutely. 100%. But it just feels heavier now in a beautiful and inspiring way where, you know, I Conley and Drew are upstairs and I kissed her and I said, mom has got to go to work. Like, and it's just, it's such a cool thing to see what you have created while, you know, time was a limited resource. And while maybe you didn't feel like all of your brain waves were firing at full capacity, and while you were navigating and juggling all that life was throwing to you. So what are you most excited for right now beyond the Reebok campaign, just in your life? What gets you out of bed and makes you feel alive? Definitely my kids. They're the funniest little people ever. And It's funny, like when I was pregnant, I prayed that they would be hilarious and they totally are hilarious. So that's been really cool to see their little personalities come out. The baby stage was like super fun, but now that they're older and having their own thoughts and opinions and like with the Reebok thing that just came out, my daughter on Friday when it launched, she said, oh, are you so excited? How does it feel to have this thing out in the world? And she made me a sign that said I was her hero. So like those are the things that I'm really like, that light me up. And she was like making me cry with her sweet little card. But I think being able to share this project with them too has been really cool because they're growing up learning about kindness and love in a way that I never did. And they're thinking about others and they're learning how to really reach across the table to somebody that you don't know and say, Hey, I see you and I love you. And that's all that really matters to me right now. So I love that. I feel happy with that. (laughs) I love that. So here's the deal. I think we should challenge our listeners. There are a lot of listeners out there. How can we join your cause and leave little love notes? What is the best way for us to join your mission? I think, well, our party is on Instagram. That's like where I put all of my most exciting content. And we also have 
a great website where you can go and order cards. But I want to just say this, like whatever you're doing today, you don't need to have one of our cards to participate in this. You can just find a piece of paper and leave a nice note for a stranger. Leave it at the coffee shop or put it in a menu after you order your food. Like that is the easiest and most practical thing in the world. It doesn't cost you anything and it really will change someone's life. So I think that's like the biggest challenge for your listeners. But if they want to join our community, we're on Instagram at Share Love Everywhere. I love that. And you guys, her cards are super cute too. So I mean, you have put together a beautiful product that is helping just brighten people's spirits. My last final question is, do you have a mantra or something that you find yourself writing over and over and over again on these little love notes? Oh, there are several, but I think the main one right now is... And I can't remember who said it at the moment, so I'm sorry that I can't quote it directly, but it's don't set yourself on fire to keep other people warm. I think for me personally, I was such a people pleaser, and that's been something that I keep coming back to and that I keep sharing with other people because we all want to be liked and we all want to make people feel warm and fuzzy, but not everybody is going to be your person. And so you don't have to keep igniting your entire self trying to make somebody else feel better. If it's not working, just move on because not everybody is for you. Not everyone's going to be your customer. Not everybody's going to be your friend and that's okay. You can still send them love and then move on. I love that. I looked it up and it is by Penny Reed. So Penny, you are brilliant. That is probably one of the best quotes I've heard in a very long time. And I love that. I think we all can accept that and, and run with it. Ashley, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you for being a listener, but thank you for sharing your story and just the way that you're touching the world. I cannot wait to see the places that our gold digger insiders are going to leave love notes. Let's make sure that we're taking Ashley so that she can see how her story continues to create impact every single day through our actions and how we can be demonstrations of kindness and love. Yes, thank you for having me, Jenna. Oh, man, I wish I would have kept the track running because as soon as we signed off, one of the first things Ashley asked me was, why did you choose me? And I think that it is such a beautiful testament to who she is. But I also think that it's proof like we have to put ourselves out there. She joked that she had listened to our podcast episode all about pitching herself and that she followed it to a T. But she stood out to me for so many reasons. I think so often in life we see these needs, but we never think that we should be the one to fill it. And I think Ashley still believes that in some ways when she didn't necessarily know if she was qualified to come on this show. But what I loved about her is how she talked about how you can start something with just a little bit of time and how prioritizing can be one of the biggest ways to move the needle. I think a lot of beautiful businesses and impactful businesses start out of passion, not out of monetization or making something profitable, but just by showing up and doing And you know me, I believe done is always better than perfect. And so when Ashley talked about how she just started to do, and then she saw that need and she filled it, and then she created that community and she cultivated it so that it wasn't just her putting these notes out into the world, but that she was starting a true movement, man, like we could all take some notes from Ashley's book. Now, before we sign on off, I want to read the review of the week. And this is from Sam Nicole. It's titled So Much Gold. 
says, I only recently stumbled upon Jenna's content in the last couple of months, but have been so encouraged by every episode I've listened to. As a brand new entrepreneur, I'm so grateful to have access to information like this. Thank you tons, Jenna. So grateful for you and for your team. Thank you so much, Sam, for leaving your review. Those are like love notes to me and my amazing team as we put this show on for you every single week. And I want to encourage you today, like Ashley said, take a scrap of paper and leave a positive affirmation or a positive note for someone in your life or for a simple stranger. Because just as she has done, I believe that we have the ability to change the world. Now, if this show resonated with you, if you feel compelled, I would love to hear from you. If you sign on in and leave a review or even just hit that simple subscribe button, or if you want to take a screenshot of this very episode and post it up so more people can hear Ashley's story, that is the best way that you can help us continue to grow this gold digger movement. We need you. We wouldn't be here without you. And we hope that every show sings some inspiration into your life. I'm so grateful I got to hang out with Ashley today. Again, go follow her and check out Love Everywhere. And let's all do our part in leaving love everywhere. Thanks for listening to the Gold Digger Podcast. Dive into the show notes for this episode and all past episodes at www.golddiggerpodcast.com. If you love the show, share it with a friend. The more the merrier. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next time, you gold digger you.